Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, by hip-hop artist uh, who is coming to me from uh, Jersey right now, uh, but he's from Milwaukee. Uh, he He's uh, dropped a couple projects already this year. Uh, he's committed himself to a pack series, uh, the most recent of which is called Underdog Days. Um, so go stream that. Um, instead of talking about his passions, I assume why he does what he does. Um, thank you very much, Satori the Fourth, for joining me today. Appreciate appreciate you having me, bro. For real, I appreciate all the love y'all showed me and sharing my music. I appreciate it, you know. Sam, so. of course, dude. That's what we're here for. Um, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So to start, how are you doing? How's your day going? I'm pretty good, bro. I can't complain. It's a sunny day, like you said. It was, it was a great day outside, so I was just enjoying the sun, you know, kicking it. I just came back inside, but the sun about to go down anyway, so I'm not tripping. But today was a good day, bro. Can't good. complain. Good. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, grilling season now. Uh, I I haven't gotten uh the grill out at all i i live in an apartment there's kind of like a shared grill i should throw some uh some meat on the grill uh sometime soon because it's that sounds perfect right now you know yeah yeah no that's not a bad idea bro i don't even, i wouldn't care if i live in an apartment as long as i got a grill i'm grilling we got yeah. a space we can grill i know so. i'm getting kind of tired of you know making burgers on the stove you know i'm trying to go on the grill yeah, no, that's not the summer vibe. You know, <laughs> yeah. the kitchen is not the summer vibe. No, it's not. It gets way too hot in there, man. It's uh, yeah. So that's coming up soon. But yeah. uh, yeah, dude. So what we talked about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talked love and fear, passion and creativity, and so Satori. Uh, yeah, I, I've been familiar with you for a couple of years now. You know, I started covering the music scene uh, for Breaking and Entering. I started helping Alan with uh, covering the actual like daily releases and uh, yeah. Oh, big shout out to Al. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I started uh, hearing more of like what you were working on and uh, came across, we covered both the, the both of the pack uh, projects that you've dropped so far in 2020 and uh, really enjoyed what, it, what I was hearing. Cause like, it feels like, you know, you know yourself pretty well as an artist and you're very like reserved in your delivery like you don't like um like you're definitely like very passionate and serious about what you do but you also have a good head on your shoulders um right. so, yeah maybe curious more about like what uh goes into your process and we're definitely going to talk about everything you have going on now but first where we usually start so uh did you grow up in Milwaukee? Yeah, born and raised Northside. You know, uh, I was born on, on Chambers, but I grew up on Villard, you know what I'm saying? Close to McGovern Park. If anybody know where that is, McGovern Park is close to Silver Spring, Hampton area. So yeah, Northside, born and raised, graduated from Milwaukee High School of the Arts. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a faux baby. Oh yeah. So, um, I know a lot of uh, folks that uh, went to the High School of the Arts, uh, so I guess I'd love to hear sort of uh, more about music uh, in your life, like uh, when you were younger, you know, what what was the role that music played in your life at like 
like when you were growing up, like what you listened to and uh, yeah. How would it become a creative outlet for yourself? It was major, bro. Honestly, it was like, like a lot in my childhood, like, you know, being a kid, you, you have very, you know, nostalgic memories. A lot of the times people have memories connected to toys or people might have memories connected to certain TV shows. For me, it was a lot of music. Um, my father and my, my mom, both of them were choir directors. Um, so I grew up as a church boy. You know what I mean? We went to church and my dad was a choir director. And my mom was a choir director. So, of course, at home, it's going to be a lot of um, listening. You know what I mean? It's going to be a lot of jamming. I remember a lot of Friday nights, Saturday nights, just being at the church while they we not even at church, church not even in service. They just practicing. You know, we got drummers and I'm just four, five, six, seven, just chilling, watching them. But I'm getting involved and it's like becoming a part of my DNA. And then, you know, I, I just, you know, was always attracted to musicians for some reason, like friends, family, um, friends of my family, you know, uncles and stuff like that. Just everybody I knew was a, was a guitarist, a pianist, something like that. So the passion they had for music when I was around them was like different. It wasn't just like listening to music. We was like jamming and they would have conversations and, you know, certain, you know, they would look at music intellectually and, and, and it would be different aspects where I would just be soaking it in. So by the time I was able to, you know, get on my own with it, you know, it, I had that same exact passion. I looked at it the same way. I still do. Well, a lot of it, yeah, it, a lot of it comes from uh, the home, you know, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it's awesome that, you know, it was instilled as a value yours from a young age so yeah. yeah so how how did you get started um well I got started out like you know I was young just doing whatever but I really got my real start because I started doing poetry that's um how I got started in high school at first I was a visual artist that's what I like auditioned for and then I ended up going to creative writing because I was always a writer like I always you know, parent-teacher conferences, my parents, my, they would be like, your son is smart, but he's always, you know, scribbling away in his notepad, he's not paying attention to class. So I ended up chasing poetry and getting into slam poetry, performance and stuff like that. Was, you know, rapping for fun, nothing major. And then a couple friends of mine from Milwaukee, Wisconsin and myself, we formed a little rap group. And that really, you know, we had a manager and, you know, my younger brother who I still work with, Four Keys, um, we, we all had, you know, we was doing some things around the city and that really, you know, got me like invigorated. You know what I mean? Got me really wanting to do something. So that's how I got my start. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, isn't that kind of interesting how like uh, you get you get reprimanded as a kid for like having too big of an imagination, you know? Man, and then you get, then you grow up and realize people get paid millions of dollars for it. Yeah, right. Right. It's, it's a good thing to hold on to, though, know, but it's crazy. Like you said, it's like something that, but I was lucky, bro, because my parents, like, obviously they, my moms and my pops, they wanted me to be on top of it. My moms came from a family of educators, teachers and things. So she wasn't playing games, like. As a kid, we couldn't go play with our friends until we read a chapter and, you know, told them back what it was about, you know, things like that. So she wasn't playing games, but at the same time, she embraced a lot. 
her and my pops, they embraced a lot. You know, they could have tried to come down hard on me. And of course, you know, it was probably tough for them because I'm I was just, you know, so everywhere. But at the same time, it was like, I'm lucky because they my mom's pushed me. My mom's is an artist as well. She's a, a writer and, and, a, and a painter. So while seeing her son blossom into something, she probably felt the need to like, I gotta embrace it. I can't push it away. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. That's case in point why uh, our public schools need arts programs. Like yeah, art. Because kids need those outlets to be imaginative and creative. Yeah, and while academics is important, you know what I mean, is I feel like it's easier for a kid to find themselves through arts or yeah. through some sort of activity. You don't necessarily gotta be a fine art. You know, I'm not one of those uppity people. It could be a dude, it could be a kid who likes to play hacky sack or they really interested in woodwork, you know, whatever. But it's just, yeah. I feel like it's better to embrace it via activity versus trying to force kids into books. So, yeah. And especially like being a poet, you know, words become the artistic, uh, uh, like medium, you know, and it's like it's something that you, that you otherwise have to work with through regular academics in a very like rigid way, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in other subjects, like to be able to turn words into your own um, expressive building blocks mm -hmm. is, I mean, we really, know really about cool. it. you know about it because you do it yourself in your own way. So you right. know about it. It's a great way. It's, it's funny because like you said, as a kid, you get even by your peers, you know, kids, other kids, they might make fun of you like, oh, you think you're going to be this and you always in your, right. but when you get older, you realize like, man, this is who I was the whole time. You know yeah. what I mean? And some people, you know, it's, it's fucked up, but some people don't get a chance to really embrace it. And you can see it in the way they live their life. They might, they might be miserable or they might be, you know, uh, successful, but, you know, it's that part of them they didn't get to chase. So. Yeah. Right, where, where they don't have, like, uh, you can tell, like, you know, th that their spirit has deteriorated, you know, because they... Don't grow you down. You don't grow right. you down. Yeah, that, that means it, that means inwardly as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. Right on. I totally agree. So, all this set. So, tell me, uh, tell me more about this rap group that you were in uh, before. Okay, so um, a lot of people know the other artists that I was in the group with, um, Wade Chappelle and um, uh, Rari. Uh, he, he, he doesn't rap anymore, but, and then, like I said, my younger brother, Four Keys. And uh, we, we met through, you know, mutual friends in high school. Um, we knew a lot of the same people and we had the same interests. A lot back in the day, especially, you know, in the inner city, growing up in Milwaukee on the block, like, being alternative or being just having different likes sometimes it make you feel like a differenter like you like you are alternative and you know I was one of those kids all the time you know so when I met other people we had the same interest and it was like dope we was all rapping and you know we was doing different shows different things and it was pretty dope. We were shooting our own videos, you know, and things like that. So we was just moving around the city, you know, doing things that we seen on the internet because we was lucky. We grew up on it, like on the internet right at that time, you know. So we was looking at Tumblr and before Tumblr, we was on MySpace. 
And we was just able to emulate all the people we looked up to. And, you know, we just did it in, in, in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kept going. And then, you know, we all, we all grew up. And then um, for a while, um, we, were, we were moving around. And then we just decided to go solo. You know, it was a better decision for everybody's career. Everybody can't always stick together all the time. And so, yeah, so it was like that. That's, it was, the group was called Be Right at first. And then we ended up changing it to Blue Lemon way later down the line. So we didn't like Be Right, but, and it had, it started with way more people, but I would say those like the significant members, you know, people that people actually know that are moving around the city still, so. Oh, right on, awesome. Yeah. Uh... Do you remember the first song you ever recorded? The first song I ever recorded. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I remember, but I, I I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to spit it. I wouldn't be able to rap it or nothing like that. But I, I, I think I do. I think I do. I think it was like a song called FLY, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Somebody that I, like a lot of my friends that I grew up with, they, they probably know, you know, better than me, but I think, if FLY was the name of the song, it was like a little funky sample. Yeah. And I was, I was like a super Wiz fan at the time and a super uh, uh, currency fan too. Yes. So I was all in the underground, you know. Late 2000 stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, probably like, let me think. But then before then, I think I might've just messed around with somebody else's song. You know what I mean? Way before then. But I think the first time I recorded my own song, it was probably like 2009 or something like that, 2008 or something like that. So it was just me as a teenager trying to- You gotta get your feet wet, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. I never, I, I, I haven't thought about that song in a long time. Yeah. I wish I had it, but you know how emails, you know oh, how yeah. that gets. Oh yeah, most, uh, most artists who I talk to, um, especially like uh, hip hop artists I talk to, like you can't find the, their first songs uh, on the internet anymore. Uh, nah, in the nature of creating a song as well, like like you said in hip hop, especially the way that you create the song is on the fly a lot. So if you don't have that, that, that moment documented, you know, or that, that rap book that you wrote those lyrics in, and you're not gonna find that. So I remember at one point, uh, going back to how supportive my mom is, she, uh, she like, I was like maybe 20, 21. So I was out of the house and I left a bunch of rap books there and she found them in a drawer and was like, I'm saving these, you know? So when you, when you pop off and you blow up, we can have these, you know, it'd be a great souvenir. So uh, it's like, that was, that was the one time where I could see like, you know, something from years ago I saved, but the way that you make music and rap, like you said, is just so, I want to make the next song, I want to make the next song. So yeah, Very nah, fast song. maybe yeah. Nardwar or somebody could find it, a crazy dude like that. But oh, I know Nardwar is probably gonna uh, give you a the CD it was burned on. And <laughs> yeah, some right, some that. crazy, like something that I, I would never remember until he brought it up and shit, like, nah. Yeah. But it's your Satori, we have to know. <laughs> right, right. That's a great impression, that voice. Oh, dude. I, <laughs> he's, he's a, a huge, huge 
he's a huge inspiration of mine, man. He, I've watched so many of his interviews, um, and uh, what he pulls from people in such a like eccentric way mm. is no one else can do it quite like him. So right, yeah, That's, he definitely is a unique guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, well, in that case, so so what was your first like solo uh, project that you put out then? Oh, my first solo project was way later. Um, and I was like 22, 20, no, yeah, like 21, 22. It's called Greater Than. Um, that might still be up on Apple Music because that was through TuneCore. And once you drop that little $75 on them, they keep it forever. So that they somebody might be, and I was under a different moniker at the time. I was Cherub Satori. So I didn't really change my name. Well, I kind of changed my name a lot. Uh, for those who, you know, know me, I went through Chair of Satori, then Young Satori, now I'm Satori 4. But, uh, yeah, Chair of Satori is called Greater Than, yeah. Okay, sure. Are you, are you Satori the fourth because uh, this is your fourth iteration of being Satori? Is that where that came from? Uh, it's a few different things, actually. Uh, one, four is like a crazy number in my life. Like, it's a lucky number for me. I got a birthmark on me like the back inside of my thigh that's literally shaped like a number four. And it's like been my lucky number. I'm born in the fourth month. You know, my, my mom's, in, I'm of four kids, you know. So it's like four is a representative number for me. And then, uh, yeah, four for also connecting to Milwaukee, representing Milwaukee, you know. A lot of us call it the four or 414. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, I, I just decided to, you know, use something to, cause I wanted to, you know, stand out obviously, but I wanted to keep it simple. I didn't want to, you know, overdo it or, um, you know, make my name too complicated, but at the same time, I wanted something to mean something, you know, cause Young Satori, it was, a, for me, I just didn't want to have a Young in front of my name. It became an era with other artists and it was like, damn, now it's just a bunch of Young, 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 Young. And I did not want that for, for my name. Like, Man, this is weak. And I didn't feel like I was always going to be young. So it was like, I might as well just change this now. So, yeah, but the four is from Milwaukee. It's like a quadruple entendre. So it's like, yeah. But right. that's also another one. I'm going to add that, bro. The fourth, the fourth, you know, my final form. Hell yeah. Just, yeah. Like, sail yeah. off Dragon Ball Z. It's like my final form. Hell yeah, dude. I like that. I was wondering, like, because is he coming from like a long line of Satori's or something? Like, <laughs> like a, you know, like that, that's what you say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just curious, like, is that like a family name or something? But no, it's just like your no, the Satori. The Satori aspect came from um, me just being a, a random kid trying to come up with a creative rap name, and it just stuck. Like a lot of people who know me personally call me Chair. That's what my nickname is, but Satori came from, you know, the definition is like enlightenment, you know, it's a Hindu term. So it's, it's basically their version of Nirvana, you know what I'm saying? Reaching ultimate enlightenment. So, I'm, you know, I was a poet too. So I was trying to be the most edgy, like, oh, I'm so smart, this is me. And, you know, it was, it's also, you know, Japanese and I was really into, still am, but as a kid, I was super into Japanese culture um, you know, I did martial arts, I did Taekwondo, which is Korean, but 
I watched all type of anime, you know, stuff like that. So it just fit the vibe that I was on at the time. I just was like, yeah, I'm gonna call myself this. So, right, like you're the you're the wise one. You're the wise wordsmith. <laughs> yeah, word, word. That's how that's how I was thinking about it at the time. Yeah. So. Hmm. Awesome. I yeah, I appreciate uh, all that context. That that's dope. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how long have you uh, been out on the East Coast? Uh, what brought you out there? Uh, for just I've been out here for like what a year, a year and a half, maybe. Um, I was in LA before that, you know, and I was in LA doing my thing. Um, I just didn't like LA. It wasn't my vibe. Um, you know, a lot of people do like LA, and it's no knock to LA because LA is great for a lot of things. But just me personally, you know. It's not no not because I would go back. I still go back. So I'm about to go back there next month, you know, link up with some artists. So it's just living there. I didn't want to live there. So I was, I was, but I still wanted to, you know, kind of connect and be to a bigger city. So I just decided to come, you know, closer to New York. And I was in Jersey City. So I, I just packed up and left, you know, and I, I've been a risk taker. You know, that's how I ended up in L.A. and. It wasn't my first rodeo. L.A. wasn't my first rodeo. I lived in a lot of different cities. You know, I've been a nomad for a while. So I was just like, I want to try the East Coast. Let's see what's going down over there. So and so far, I love it. I love it, bro. Well, cool. Um, so far, I know that, like, you know, stereotypically, like, there's the Midwestern feel where everyone's just, like, super friendly and shit. And the East – people on the East Coast are super, like, hot-tempered. Like, do you – is that like a real thing in your experience or uh, not so much? I'll say this. At first, it might be a shock because for, uh, at, for, for us, at least in Milwaukee, we have a very chill vibe about us, but we can't turn up. But our, a lot of the times when you do see aggression in Milwaukee, at least on a city level, there's reason behind it. You know, yeah. if you hear honking or somebody's rushing, you like, oh, are you late to work? Like, what's going on? Like, did you see a car accident? Like, what's happening? But out here, it's just more of a, the hustle and bustle is more automatic. You know, the, the, the eagerness, the urge is more automatic. But on a personal level, man, it's, 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 it's different, but it's the same almost because a lot of the time I meet a lot of people out here from the Midwest and they, they flourish, they thrive because a lot of East coasters love Midwesterners. You know, our attitude, a lot of the time is hard working, mind our business, go about our day. And they love that because that's what they do. They just do it at a faster speed. You know, they might be having, you know, I think the state of Jersey got 12 million people, but it's probably like not even half the size of Wisconsin as far as like area. So a lot of people live on top of each other. So it feels that way. But when you're talking to people and you interacting with people, it's still, it's the same, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's, the intentions are the same, but the demeanor is just a little different. And it, that's, it, yeah. And the that's one something. thing I have to get used to is the way that people ask questions out here. They really don't ask questions. They just kind of tell you, but, you, you get to understand it like, okay, I get it. This is how every, everybody talks to everybody out here like that. It is, it's not nothing personal. Like, you know, pass me that. It's like, oh, they just, this is how everybody is. Everybody's so fast, you know. Yeah. But when you get a chance to like 
actually sit down and talk to somebody, hang out with them, you're like, oh, y'all like everybody else. Just cool. Yeah. They accents are just hilarious to me, though. That's one thing. Right. So, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but it was crazy because growing up, obviously your whole life, you don't think you got an accent. But then when you go somewhere else, they telling me, like, you got a crazy accent. And I'm like, my accent crazy? Your accent crazy. Like, you sound just like the movies. Like, you know, the, you you see the movie with the guy at the pizza shop and he's talking and he's, and they sound like that for real. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. You fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. But then, like, yeah. But then in like Wisconsin, you know, people think we're all just like super friendly, like uh see, and that's where I see more of the of the, of the you know debunking of the stereotype. Like you said, they think we cheeseheads, you know. When I tell them I, I came from a city, a lot of people are like, Oh, I thought Wisconsin was all farms and cows. It's like, yeah, I grew up just milking a cow. Yep. <laughs> like it's crazy, but I, I get it too because Wisconsin, I don't know, for a lot of, you know, it's a low key state. You know, sports and things like that, we big, we do great. But for some reason, a lot of people just haven't came to visit. So they don't really, all they do know is like that 70s show and like, you like, know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Packers. Yeah. Oh. Like, right. It's very, um, like, they think, like, we sound like we from Canada. That's hilarious. Right. Right. <laughs> They think that we're all just a bunch of like, like outdoorsy people that are so disconnected from like the rest, the rest of, the of the country. Yeah, yeah. All we care about is spilling beer and watching football and eating. But and it's like, yeah. well, well, a lot of people do like that around here. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's this personality to it. You know, so oh, yeah. we're not yeah. just a homogenized people. No, we now a bunch of cheese heads and beer drinkers. <laughs> that's I get that all the time. Like people ask me all the time. Like especially, like I said, it, some people don't ask that because they might know somebody from Chicago or some area close. So they, when you in Chicago, you hear about Milwaukee more. So you see, okay, it's a relevant city, but a lot of people haven't heard about Milwaukee. So a lot of times, people are like I didn't know it was black people in Milwaukee. Like what? Like. You're from Milwaukee? Like, yeah, it's, it's a multicultural city, like anywhere else, you know? And so it's just the fact that we low key. But I think we're going to change that. I think a lot of things is happening. We're going to change that. So, yes. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree. You can't do it. It's not going to be one person that does that, that changes the, the uh, trajectory of Milwaukee. It's going to be the team effort. I like about it. Man, bro, but why you bring that up? I've, I've been I've been telling a lot of people, especially like that's not from Milwaukee. Like I'm betting on Milwaukee right now in a lot of different areas. Like I, I can see the growth. I'm back and forth all the time to visit my family. But just being from there and loving my city and representing my city all the time and, you know, following other people and being fans of them, you see the growth, you see the expansion, you see um, um, some – some people are trying to prevent that revolving door where it's like, you know, you leave Milwaukee and you never come back. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, myself included, trying to bring stuff back. Nothing will take the Milwaukee out of you. Like there's no city like it. I mean, 
and I haven't been to like, it's not like I've been to like every city in the country, but I can say that I think that Milwaukee does have a very eclectic and authentic blend of talent and culture. And it just has something really special about it that was worth embracing and investing. Um, And uh, I agree. I think in the next couple of years, uh, there'll be some really massive horizons for Milwaukee as a music city. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more, bro. And I feel like it's a couple of cities, obviously, that that got that chip on their shoulder. And I think that Milwaukee is one of those cities right now. And, and with good reason, like you said, we got exceptional talent, you know, a lot of unique uh, minds, you know, just spread throughout, not even just in music, but you got people, um, you got un, like people like Unfinished Legacy, you know, dope brand that's bubbling and you know they've collaborated with Levi you know think things that are just like okay they were dope before but these are things that solidifying Milwaukeeans to people outside of Milwaukee like oh it's real dope like we've been knew that you know we've been we we know that we've seen it you know we've been to the shows we we've grew up next to genius people we know the places and that we love that everybody else would love you know so I think we're gonna be one of those spots that's like, you know, I'm from Milwaukee, like, you know, and had that chip on that shoulder because we ain't we ain't talked about right now, but we will be. So yeah. Oh yeah. People are gonna feel like they're missing out if they haven't been to Milwaukee or if they skip Milwaukee on their next tour, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You're fucking up. So <laughs> Yeah, you're missing out on money. Yeah. For real, yeah. for real. Yeah. So uh yeah, so Let's talk about uh, some of your uh, most recent drops. So uh, the pack. Uh, So I guess I'd love to hear kind of like going into this current year. um, What was the idea you had going into uh, these projects and this sort of uh, what you've committed yourself to um, Mm -hmm. dropping, you know, staying consistent this year? Like, I guess like where were you at? Like, going into this year like did you did you go into it planning like i'm gonna drop a lot of music this year yeah yeah no like i had to plan to drop the music but the idea came about when like me and my girl was just sitting around and like the one of the things that i deal with is like um just feeling boxed in and 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 not wanting to be boxed in i feel like right now especially is one of the best times to, you know, kind of be an artist that can operate in multiple genres that can do whatever you want. And, you know, I was really searching for a way for that, but I did tell myself too, like I wanted to be consistent. So me and my girl, we just chopping it up and, you know, she, she's a creative herself, super smart. She was like, why don't you just, you know, come with something like super consistent, like every month and it's a challenge to yourself And it's, you know, also, you know, a promise to all the people that love your music and listen to you, you know, and it'll be a way to keep yourself on your toes. And I I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what, I could do that. And then as I started doing it, I started realizing like, oh, I can hijack this idea and make it also something where like I can play around with different sounds. I can do different things and, you know, not be a different person, but just, you know, touch on all the different tapestries of music that I want to be in without having to feel like 
well, I'm this type of rapper now. I've established this type of song and this is the type of thing that people want from me. Like, I never was a fan of that. So it's like, I wanna, it's not common. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of artists, you know, try to do it sometimes, but you know, even somebody like Drake, like he's able to operate in so many different categories. And since he had the freedom to do so, it's like he killing it. And, but he's doing it because there are inspirations that he's touched on. He's from these places. He's been around people that got these sounds. So it's like, it's the same for me. And he has the means in like social status to do that too. Exactly. Like he has the money to- Right, right. he can do what he wants and anybody gonna say nothing, it's Drake. Right. But for me, I'm looking at it like from a more liberating standpoint, like if I'm gonna be consistent and I'm a, you know, I can crank out a lot of music, but I'm at the point where cranking out a lot of music versus making uh, what I want could look like the same thing on the outside looking in. You know what I mean? Like to somebody else who don't know me that well, or they just walking in on a session, they like, oh, this dude is just making mad music. But for me, it feels like I'm just doing what I want. I feel like a playground again. And for me, that's like when the best music come out. I, I don't like forcing music. I don't like forcing vibes. Like you said, like my 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 delivery is kind of reserved because I feel like relaxed. I don't feel no pressure. I feel like I'm able to be myself and lock in and say whatever the hell I want and deal with it or you know, you you gonna love it, whatever. So it's just coming from an honest place and a, a place of fun at the same time. So that's cool. I like that because yeah. it it makes your stylistic switch-ups and stuff like organic and not like this big grand gesture of like oh i'm gonna be completely different on this next project and i'm gonna you know like I, i'm i've moved on from that shit and i'm doing this now it's, it's not like that for you yeah. like you're you're very much like no just naturally i'm interested in, in some different things and yeah. and i'm gonna apply different concepts or different uh themes in your music yeah uh, just because you would have been doing that otherwise right and the concept kind of came in you know because you know in a past life and i talk about it in my music you know i was i was um, a, a hustler of sorts i was somebody who was trying to you know graduate to a, a different status so i decided to take a, a negative aspect of my life and make it positive like pack just came in you know, and that used to mean something completely different to me, but now it means some that's that the people that like my music, they can be excited about it and they can look forward to know like, oh, the pack came in, the pack came in, you know, and that's just, that's what it is now. And I'm still gonna, you know, work on other projects. I'm working on features right now. That's why I'm kind of like, I gotta drop soon, but you know, I'm writing songs for other people, you know, R&B artists, stuff like that. So. I, I got a pen and I got things that I want to do artistically that I love to do. So it's like, it worked. And it was just like, man, this is what I'm gonna do, I guess. So people yeah. see like different projects that aren't a part of the pack series, but the pack series is gonna be something that I come with until I get tired of doing it. No, I love that. That's cool. It's just, it becomes like a little, it's like a goodie bag that you yeah. get, you know? Yeah. Uh, as a gift, you know, and with a lot, with several different uh, treats in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With yeah. Cosmos, because with Cosmos, you talked, it was very, um, 
it was a lot about like uh, making a woman comfortable and making mm-hmm. making a woman feel good and secure it with uh, in your presence and with mm-hmm. you as like a partner. So um, yeah, so what? Uh, yeah, I guess what inspired you for Cosmos there? For Cosmos, I got inspired by a couple different things, but I've always been like a, a nerdy kid, you know. And space was one of those things. You know, I had an uncle that would pull up to my house and we would look at stars through that telescope as a young kid. So space has always been dope. And then one of my favorite artists of all time is Kid Cudi. And, you know, he came with the whole space vibe and it just, to me, it was more than music. It created a whole like world, like where I was just like, oh, this is a way of communication right here. So I feel like, when I listened to the first couple of tracks, it was spacey. And I was like, mm, this sounds like I'm in space a lot. Like, yeah. this sounds like, you know, and, you know, the cosmos is just like also a romantic vibe as well. You know what I mean? And it was this um, artist, I can't think of his name right now. Ah, this is bad. I'm supposed to know the name of him. But he makes like these really dope robots. He like illustrates these really incredible. 70s looking robots but like in a super modern space background and like one night i was just baked looking at all his art while listening to one of the beats and i was just like oh that's what i'm gonna call it like it just fit the vibe so much but it was just like that's where i was in life like a woman was my muse at the time so i just felt like you know, and that's what I mean by being liberating because there was a point in time where I feel like I might not want to drop this or I might want to drop this and put it at, you know, a certain point in my, you know, project to make it flow better. And this is the song for the lady. Like, I don't even got to do that. It's just, this the tape right here and this type of tape. If you in this mood right now, you're going to listen to this EP. Good. Yeah. That's, that's, that's wicked, man. I thank you for sharing that. That's cool. I oh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Sure. Dude. Well, so I got two thoughts uh, on, on this here. Um, oh, the first is, um, did you see uh, The King of Staten Island with uh, Pete Davidson, that new movie? I have not seen the movie, but I like Pete Davidson. And I've watched a, a, light, a lot of his stand-up and some of his um, um interviews so i saw him promoting it and i've seen he got bill burr in there too right yeah 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 okay yeah but i haven't seen the movie though i actually need to see it yeah movies i need to catch up on yeah yeah it's it's a funny movie it's it's really good but speaking of kid cuddy Mm. um pete davidson's also like a huge kid cuddy fan so there's a lot of cuddy in that movie uh on the soundtrack okay and it kind of made me like yeah rediscover just how like cosmic a lot of Cuddy's music is yeah just how like your mind as like many different spaces into one yeah like smoking and getting high like or drinking like takes you to different planes within your mind Mm -hmm. and uh, thus like and therefore like Kid Cuddy's music is just so like it's it's very self-aware even when it's being very sad mm-hmm. or when it's being dark you know because Word. he's just taking he's just taking you to so many different levels of consciousness and yeah. states and that's that's why i love kid cuddy too 
Um, I think especially for people that, you know, might have felt misunderstood most of their lives, Mm -hmm. like his music just becomes anthemic to like. Mm -hmm. Most definitely what what it was for me at the time, you know, like I said, being around growing up in the type of neighborhood I grew up in, you know, in the inner city, uh, a lot of my interests were seen as alternative. Um, So yeah, I definitely related to him, you know, and all that. So yeah, you're right, man. When you listen to Cutty Music, you just in his world. And that was the goal of my EP, like really just be like, listen to when you feel like you in the, you not where you are right now. Kind of like an escapist right. vibe almost. Yeah, exactly. Like a uh, an intoxicated meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's- That's perfect. That's a perfect uh, yeah, dude. right there. Dude, mm-hmm. that reminds me of high school. Cuddy just reminds me of, because I've also felt very like, outsider in high school mm. okay cuddy yeah. and i'm sure a lot of in a lot of people he, cuddy's music was literally saved people's lives like, yeah most definitely bro it's not even like it's not to sound morbid but absolutely yeah <laughs> but, to get cuddy, man. right I'm, yeah i'm manifesting a song with you bro oh yeah oh yeah big shout out to scott that was the first thing the second thing i wanted to bring up about this project is how i do like how you did use space and the cosmos as a like kind of metaphoric for love because Mm -hmm. space in a lot of ways is very comparable to love you know like love is because it's so like infinite and unexplored and it's terrifying um it's something that a lot of people can't fat they just cannot fathom yeah and the same thing is with love you know, like you think you, it's like you think you understand it, but really you're only like scraping like a couple pockets of it. But really, love is also infinite and endless, and it is terrifying. So yeah, Man, that's a good, never, uh, it's a I good analogy. Like that, bro. I never yeah. thought about it like that. Oh, yeah, dude. Actualizing just how powerful your emotions are about yeah. someone or about yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, this is the stuff that really fascinates me too. Uh, right, nice. I was gonna say, yeah, you with the space metaphor, you brought a new angle when you, you talk about how endless love is and how scary it can be. It's a fact, bro. So the comforting aspect definitely makes more sense when you when you put it in that context. And so it's it's always crazy how people uh, translate your art, and you know, you know, when you meet smart people, they translate it in a way that that can just put you on to something new about your own stuff. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Right on. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, bro. Love and, and and all those things are scary. And I feel like I'm a risk taker. You know what I mean? But at the same time, even if you're not, you might as well just make the best of whatever scary experience you have. Like, you're going to get through to the other side. And when you do, you know, you might regret the fact that the whole time you was looking at it in in a different way. So, yeah. Oh yeah, it's like you gotta like connect all the fragments. Um, you know, our feelings and our thoughts and our emotions day to day, like our ideas, even you know, are all they're all like fragments, and it's almost like you're kind of like you're learning how to apply, like, fill different conduits to connect them all together so that they all make sense into something big picture and uh 
Yeah. Yeah. There's different types of love. You got love for your friends. You got love for your family. You got romantic love. You got things that you can fall in love with. You got times in your life that you, you know, can fall in love with. So it's different types of love. So right. it's yeah. interesting, you know, when you navigating through this, the universe is like the things that you are connecting, you know, once again, you got to learn to appreciate the things that make you connect. Cause you might not have connected those things if you didn't break up with this person or you didn't, you know, try to, you know, date out, date in this area or talk to this person or hang out with these people or go to this place or whatever. So exactly. I'd embrace the good and the bad, bro. That's my whole thing. That's why underdog is my whole like thing. It's like, you got to embrace the bad. The bad brings the good sometimes. So. Oh yeah, dude. Glad you brought it up because that's the next project we're about to talk about. Right. Underdog days. Um, yes. Yeah. So this project, you know, I, I got a very big, uh, I, I perceived it as kind of what you were saying is like, you're kind of reflecting on all the past events as they're relative to the present and who you are today and uh, being comfortable in the present moment, which kind of, brings everything back from that we were talking about before mm -hmm. of like how you put up with shit or you, you dealt with shit, um, use them all as not as, not as losses, but as lessons mm -hmm. uh, to, to get to where you're at now. And yeah. I guess the, the concept of the underdog mm -hmm. goes well with like, you, you've been quietly kind of like taking notes and learning, uh, as you've gone along and, uh, ultimately it's going to pay off so yeah yeah no that's a fact man like for me you know i've always been a like look on the bright side type of type of guy but you know when you, as you go through things and you know i've been through a lot so as you go through things you you try to not only do you try to motivate yourself but you try to give like reasons to things i think that's as humans that's just what we do we try to give purpose to situations that we might be going through and you try to give a reason to it rationalize it yeah 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 you try to rationalize what's going on so i feel like that was just my my way of rationalizing you know certain things and just going through life and seeing certain situations and this is the way that i translate it this is the way that i feel like you know this is what you should take from it but i always feel like you know, anybody can feel like an underdog. And I feel like as an underdog or as somebody who, you know, you feel like you, you may be neglected, ignored, marginalized, discounted, whatever, like it's power in that. And you know yourself better than anybody else. So it's just kind of like one of those things, like, you know, that you, when you hit these hard times, you hit these situations, it's just you, in the, in, the, in the world and you know it's going to be those points in times where you're going to have to be the one to motivate yourself pick yourself up right so you know yeah i saw that i saw um a tweet recently that i keep coming back to i keep thinking about it but it's like where trauma is not your fault but healing is your responsibility mm, mm, and that's neat. yeah and that's true as fuck because like because if you don't, then you're just going to put shit out into the world that, or you could, you know, hurt people close to you, you know, when you, when you don't mean to. And, yeah. and yeah, like 
taking taking your trials and tribulations and reclaiming them and 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 taking and you know everyone's got to take care of themselves you know whether that's through you know therapy or or you know weed you know or drinking yeah. or any you know everyone everyone has their their ways to cope you know and yeah. all that's valid but yeah. but you know the important part is that you're 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 finding ways to to like compartmentalize it mm-hmm. and, and yeah. grow from it and everyone has their own way of doing that as long as you're not hurting anyone else or you're not yeah. hurting yourself like yeah you know, that's the thing like and for me it was like the the dark times that i went to through was kind of like taking me away from who i was so that was like you know like you said it's your responsibility you may have gone through this that whatever it is you know i didn't man i've been through some jams and it's like okay whether it's your fault or not it's on you to get out of them and then it's on you to learn from them and make it make sense like make it count you know that's something that I was always taught, like make make this count. It don't have to be a loss. It can be yeah. a lesson. So that's just, that's just, that's my whole thing, bro. Like you can feel like an underdog in any position. You can yeah. be in a, a corporate position. You can be in sports. You can be wherever you are in your life. You can be feel like you're an underdog or like you're the person that's looked at like the least likely like you like. Right. So, and especially in this type of world where like people dream big, people have a lot of dreams, people, you know, I've, I talk to kids. I like to talk to, you know, young kids, children, cause they keep you on your toes, bro. They honest, but at the same time, when you talk to them, they dream big. Oh yeah. And they help you retain that sense of wonder, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you can't lose that. You can't lose that, bro. Cause like, no matter where you are in life, that's one thing that I like when I meet certain, like, you you ever met an old person? They just like, they don't feel old, even though they might be wrinkly as ever, you know, yeah. look like a, a sack of potatoes, but right, right, right. it's just but, like being around but, them is still like, oh. But they, yeah, but they're still like, you know, full of ideas and inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, like they could be, they come off as they're like, you know, 30 years younger you know that they're right, still like in the in they're still feeling they still have that youthful aura yeah yeah and that's yeah. that's what i aspire to be i aspire to be just like a really uh excited joyous old man one day who knows yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> man for real because then be then be the old people that you want to talk to and that's the thing like you know it's value in in generational knowledge and things like that but you don't want to talk to somebody who's well back in my day blah 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 it's just like, old head yeah. yeah exactly but when you meet that that one og that got a hundred jokes and then he just dropped one gem on you you remember that you you be like oh wow or you meet that old lady who just so jovial she cracking jokes and silly whatever <laughs> she just you know so yeah we got man. a lot of we got a lot of uh pretty dope old people in milwaukee i will say uh Bro, i met some real. really dope milwaukee people yeah yeah for real and, and it's the that's the thing that i feel like is a spirit of milwaukee is just like keep it pushing you know what i'm saying no matter what we still here you woke up above ground that's a good day yeah that's right yeah 
Yeah, dude. Right on. Uh, that being all said, uh, my last question is uh, what you're working on now. What's to come? Um, Right now, still working on, you know, the pack. Like I said, I'm going to continue that. Uh, I'm doing a lot of songwriting right now for a lot of different artists. So I'll be, you know, letting everybody know what comes from that. You know, just different vibes. And um, yeah, just pushing that. And also as well, look out for the pack merch. So, you know, um, I'm coming with a clothing line. I got a lot of things, you know, set up. So I'm gonna be coming with that soon. So everybody look out for that. Cause I love clothes too. I'm a, I'm a sneaker head and I'm a, yeah, I, I like getting fresh. So I'm gonna be having fresh, fresh clothes and stuff like that. I just recently got into like getting back into my visual arts bag. So right. look out for that too, man. But yeah, just dropping music, being consistent and you know, bringing that work to everybody. So love it. That's great, dude. Uh, very excited to see uh, the merch uh, yeah. come to life. Excited to see what you got in store, and excited to hear the the packs uh, to come soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we gonna cool. be coming with visuals too. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I don't got a lot of visuals, but I'm coming with them. So, yeah. hey, you let me know when you drop. For sure. Yeah, and I appreciate you, dog. Like. Not even just for this interview, for but just for keeping up. You know what I mean? I really do, cause it's like, like I said, music. This is, this is me. This is what I got. This, you know. So anybody that you know, the fact that you push it, and it's like not just the fact that you post it, but even from this interview, you can tell you actually listen to it. So I appreciate that, bro. Oh, yeah. It's like you know, you we have to. You got a passion for what you do, so I love that, bro. Hey, right on, man. Much love to you, bro. Uh, yeah. I appreciate this this conversation a lot. Like, yeah, hope we can get together in person uh, sometime soon. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Next time I'm in Milwaukee or next time you out here, even if you're in New York, bro, let me know. Definitely. I, will. I definitely will. On a way out, um, I ask everyone the same two questions. Okay. Uh, the first is, Satori, uh, what keeps you up at night? Uh... Man, what that's ooh, what keeps me up at night? A lot of things, bro. A lot of things. I'm real, I'm real ADHD with. So it's like a lot of the times my goal at night, not even to seek sympathy, but this is just who I am at night. I'm trying to slow down the train yeah. because I'm if I focus on my thoughts too much, I start thinking about the world, which is crazy, especially these last couple of years. And I'm an artist, so like every other artist, I'm sensitive about shit, you know, and I'm passionate about shit, so. But what keep me up at night the most, I would just say, man, I don't know. Sometimes I think about solutions for the things that are bad, but then a lot of the times I think about like, I don't know, just different shit in life. Sometimes I might even just be watching cartoons and thinking of nothing. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I I, I feel that. And when you have a creative mind, it's really hard to shut it off. Um, yeah, yeah. You also you feel like a burning urge to like solve something. Or to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
or to make sense of something like it's like a pins and needles feeling like in your mind where you just you can't shut it off so yeah yeah for sure on the second question yeah well the second question is probably going to be much easier uh that's what puts you to sleep i'm going to guess it's probably uh what you had in your hand not too long ago yeah oh yeah yeah, a couple more, a couple more of these. It's some, it's some strong stuff right here. So a couple more of these, and I'm out. Yeah. Oh, right on, dude. Oh, that's a con- that's the most common answer on this show. So, uh, I talk to a lot of stoners, apparently. But yeah. <laughs> Do you are you a stoner yourself? Not no. Okay. Uh, it makes me see weed makes me anxious. Um, okay. All right. Hey, but anybody. Yeah, but I, I have a couple beers. You know, I'm, okay. I'm you yeah, drink? I'm, I'm a lightweight man. I'm a lightweight. I occasionally, you know, if I'm in a place and it's some good convincing people that I trust, I might, you know, pour up a cup. But I'm not yeah. that much of a drinker, bro. I'm telling sure. you, if I get if I drink like a full thing, I'm gone, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're passing out on the couch. Yeah, bro. Like. Give me one cup of like whiskey or some yeah. just honey. Yeah, I'm gone, bro. Yeah, dude. I'm out. So oh, that's yeah. why I just stick to the tree. There you go. Everyone's got their their medicine. That's okay. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for being here, Satori the Fourth. This was great. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you having me. But for everyone watching, I'll be tagging Satori the Fourth. Uh, so you can check out his music streaming everywhere. Um, stay tuned for more from the pack series that he's got in store. Stay tuned for his merch coming up. Uh, thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time. Sir. Sure.